Welcome back to the XX Mormon Podcast, brothers and sisters. It is a new year, which means the uh, the time has changed. Uh, instead of releasing podcasts at 4 a.m. Sunday morning, we're going to go an hour earlier and release them at 3 a.m. I literally just changed the release time <laughs> schedule in the in the thing. So that's, that's legit for real. Uh, mountain time, of course, because that is the Lord's standard time. Um, <laughs> as uh as by uh dictated by our overlords in salt lake city uh today we're talking about post-mormon peculiarities and how we're still kind of weird and wacky wacky folk even even after leaving the church so this came about because i was talking to bishop jensen beforehand uh who of course is presiding pardon me bishop for taking a minute to get to thank you thank you Um, (laughs) we were talking about how I, I was out, uh, last night for coffee with friends and he asked me if I partook and I said, no, I have not yet tried coffee. And, uh, and then I was, I was telling the story how one of my friends there was like, oh, you mentioned you've never had alcohol or sworn in your life or had coffee. I'm like, yeah. And she's like, why is that? I said, well, my parents were just super strict. You know, I don't I don't want to like tell everybody all the time like, "Oh, well, I was raised Mormon in this weird cult." Cuz I feel like then people make a lot of assumptions about you, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're like, "Oh, you probably have some sexism baked in there, you know, whatever, right?" But I uh I kind of evaded it. I was like, "Oh, I just super strict parents, you know, and now I'm just not in the habit of those things, so I just never bothered." And uh and then uh, it kind of got got pushed, and I was like, "Yeah, like I was raised Mormon." And then they started asking me questions, and this was a weird thing because most people care as much about your ex Mormonism as they did about your Mormonism. Did you find that too, Bishop? Like people are like, "Okay, whatever." Yeah, I think we've we've discussed that on other uh, episodes, even recent episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, just that uh, nobody cares. Religion's just uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah, for most people, whether or not you've uh, you're in it or have left it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it, it was kind of a a weird thing. And then this one friend, she went around the table and started asking everybody about their religious backgrounds. It was not the conversation I was expecting to have, but we went around and different people said, you know, there were a couple Christians at the table, a couple people who weren't really raised religious, like at all. Their parents weren't religious. A couple people who's parents were also very strict. There was a Buddhist, you know, so this kind of got into this interesting conversation. But of course, Mormonism is the most cult-like. So then they started asking to go on a field trip to the temple. They're like, can we, can we like go in? And it was weird because if I was a Mormon, I would be like, no, you can't go in, but I can teach you the missionary discussion, you know? And there was like a part of me that was like, I should like, ask the missionaries like we should just have a day and have the missionaries come over to teach the discussions and then have Mm -hmm. the missionaries leave and i can be like okay so let me expand on that a little bit here's all the crazy they didn't tell you you know Mm -hmm. uh and and so we're talking about this and then i was like well we could go to the calgary temple and we can sit in the waiting room and you can kind of see a little bit like what the architecture looks like on the inside the paintings they have on the walls, you know, like people are dressed in these white suits and white dresses, you know, 
that kind of thing. But then I was like, but I like chances are there would be somebody working there who knows me and also knows that I've left. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I was like, well, we couldn't really do that. Like we'd have to find somebody who isn't known to kind of play the part of the Mormon bringing friends Mm -hmm. to the temple. Right. And, uh, and then there, and then somebody said, oh, well, there's one in Cartston because he has some Mormon friends in Southern Alberta. He's like, well, there's one in Cartston. We can just go there. And I'm like, that's a two hour drive. And they're like, yes, let's do a two hour field trip to Cartston. They were down for it. I was like, you guys, it's really not that interesting. (laughs) Like, but they were totally down for it. Um, And then uh, of course I sold them my signs and tokens and uh, made a quick buck. So, you know, not so bad, but definitely outer darkness for me now. You know, I know, I know somebody who is a Mason, just mm-hmm. a first degree Mason. Yeah. But I, I saw him a few days ago and I went and gave him a funny handshake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, he didn't recognize it exactly because yeah. it's not exact. None of them are exactly the same. Yeah. So he's kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then I was like, how about this one? How about this one? <laughs> <laughs> and then finally there was one that that was that kind of had stayed the same yeah and he was like oh, how do you know that and i'm like because the mormons took it from you yeah was like oh. yeah <laughs> are you serious i did i i did show them uh the last one where you like mm-hmm. interlock fingers and stuff and they're yeah. like what the heck they're like that is so weird i'm like oh yeah and then i told them about like the veil and what you say and they're like okay like Nobody would ever join the Mormon church if Mm -hmm. they like had it all up front. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was my, uh, that was my experience last night. You got some other peculiarity stories. Yes. And I get like, so what we're, I get like the focus of, of this episode is how do you best answer the question? Like, are you religious or were you religious or, so I, I have run into these situations because I've become a social drinker mm-hmm. where I'll go out for a beer or something like that with some people after work, but I will maybe have a beer. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'll have a beer is because I didn't really drink throughout my life and only drink socially now. I haven't built up a very good tolerance for alcohol. So kind of after one or two beers, I get pretty sloppy. Mm-hmm. And, and so socially, I just don't want to get sloppy so i usually call it at about one drink or one beer Mm -hmm. and so people tease me about that or ask me about that or quiz me like why and i'm like well i didn't start drinking until you know really a couple years ago and then and and even then only socially and they're like well why didn't you drink until your 30s i'm like oh i just didn't want to And they're like that's just so strange i'm like well i was raised pretty religiously Mm -hmm. and and my parents were pretty strict so i just kind of went with it for a while and then uh you know, an adulthood just kind of abandoned it and then just kind of tried. And then sometimes that's good enough for people, but then other times it's like, well, what religion were you? Yeah. And they start like digging and then, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the other part that I run into is when they're like, well, what religion are you? Or there's some people that I work with who just over time knew that I was Mormon. But then if they find out that I'm not doing a lot of Mormon things anymore, they're like, why aren't you doing all the I thought you were, I'm like, well, I just, I'm not practicing anymore. I'm, yeah. I'm a lap, I'm a lapsed Catholic yeah. Mormons. Right. And then they're like, well, why did you decide to do that yeah. kind of thing? And, and 
And then it's almost like, it's like I have to ask, or I feel at least I need to ask, like, what do you think about Mormons? Mm -hmm. Before, it's not like, because there are a lot of misconceptions about Mormons. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now that I'm out of it, I want to know what you actually thought about Mormons. Yeah. Then I can clarify anything that's a legitimate misunderstanding because I don't want you to have weird ideas about my family. Right. Your mind. Right? Yeah. 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 And yeah. like, I don't want you to have weird ideas or weird assumptions about how I must have been raised. Yeah. So first tell me what you think about Mormons. Then if there's anything that I need to correct, that's way out to lunch, like from a born again leaflet, I can correct that. And then I can explain to you how weird it is. Yeah. Um, but to an outsider, like to a coworker, to someone who's more of an acquaintance and a close friend, there are certain things that I, I will never explain about worthiness interviews. Yeah. Do you know, there's certain things where it's just like, if they knew about those things, it could change the way they see me in a professional setting. Right. So I can talk about, I feel okay talking about like, yeah, there are just some things that were a little weird and hokey and I kind of put them to the back of my mind. And then, you know, over time it just got to be too big of a deal and I couldn't mm -hmm. swallow the weight of it anymore and just accepted my own atheism or agnosticism. Yeah. Um, but I won't get into details of, you know, the real uh, shitty things that kind of solidified my exit. Yeah. Um, because those things, it's like, okay, your life was fucked up. Maybe you're still a little fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, what I don't want to deal with that. That's true. And I, for, for me, I think I, I talk a little bit more openly about it. Um, mm -hmm. because the, like I knew it was wacky while I was in it. And I don't know, like the way that I came out of it, mm -hmm. I feel like I came out of it with a, you know, I don't know, like I'm very aware I'm very self-aware that like it was wacky and mm -hmm. uh, they, my friends asked me, they're like, Oh, is this okay to talk about? Like, cause they knew they realized like one of them had also left the religion that they grew up in and they, they knew like it can be tough to talk about and tough to revisit. And, uh, and I was like, no, no, no. I'm like making fun of it and making jokes about it and telling people how wacky it is, is like part of the recovery process for me. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't tell them, you know, the personal details of my worthiness interviews. Um, mm -hmm. But I do, you know, I, I'll tell them like all the details of how like just weird it is. Um, mm -hmm. I think I probably have fewer boundaries on that um, than, than a lot of people, but I try to do it in like a, haha, isn't that crazy kind of way? Not like a, oh man, my life is effed up, you know, mm -hmm. kind, kind yeah. of way. Um, yeah. Just because you don't make friends by being a sad sap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and nobody, like if people, so there's people that I get to know better or closer friends that I have mm -hmm. that I will tell the gory details to. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's like an indicator of how well you're moving on from Mormonism is like for a while, I could make fun of the church. Other ex-Mormons could make fun of the church. But if an outsider made fun of the church, You're, it yeah. was like, you don't understand. Yeah. 
I earned this. And I might, we might've talked about this in like earlier episodes of like this feeling defensive of the church. Yeah. But now I don't feel defensive anymore. I have a coworker who's uh, Fijian Indian. Mm-hmm. And so he, um, he was telling me about when he went to Salt Lake and he was wearing some kind of Fiji t-shirt or something like that. And people, he's like, all these white people start coming up to me and greeting me in Polynesian. And I was so surprised that so many Mormons all knew about Polynesians and stuff like that. And then I went to Fiji and saw the Mormon temple there and saw the, there were all these Mormons in Fiji when I went back to visit. And he's like, I just, it's so weird how there's so many Mormons in Fiji. I'm like, well, let me tell you something about what Mormons believe, but we'll never tell you. Yeah. I told him about the book of Mormon and about Haggith and, and about how some Mormons believe that Polynesians are actually descendants of these Jews that migrated to the Americas and then migrated to, to Polynesia. Yeah. And so they're trying, they're friendly to you because they're trying to reclaim you. Yeah. Yeah. They won't say that out loud and most will deny that they teach that. Mm -hmm. But I heard that all the time growing up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing that I had in this conversation. I was like, okay, let me tell you about the book of Mormon. And the thing is, and I, I told them, I said, when you talk to Mormon about it, they're going to say something along the lines of Joseph Smith could have never written this. He, you know, that's, that's impossible. It's such an amazing book, you know, uh, grade three education, blah, blah, blah. My great grandfather wrote poetry and he had a grade three education. Like, it's not like, right. Like, it's like, okay, whatever. And, uh, but then I, uh, I don't know, talking to them, I'm like, this is, this is whack. Like really when you look at it, it's so clearly a 19th century document. When you mm-hmm. like purge it from your brain that this is all true, it, mm-hmm. it becomes apparent. Um, yeah. but yeah, sometimes when we leave, we still feel the need to defend it. And what you're saying about like, def- about worrying about what people will think of your family, um, that that's a that's a thing too like i find myself kind of couching it and like oh well you know my brother stays in because of this and my sister stays because of this and you know i try and and i don't know if that's actually true but i think in my head i do that a lot with with my siblings like oh they're just staying like they know it's not true but they're just staying (laughs) you know i'm doing the opposite of what they're doing which is he knows it's true he's just wayward right now (laughs) you know uh yeah, and so maybe that's another one of our uh, post-Mormon peculiarities. I know one thing I found is when people just kind of ask me about my family or what it's like, what it was like growing up. I need to, I need to think a little bit more about what I'm saying, um, because, like, I think I've talked about my how Mormonism has impacted my mom, or at least how I see how it's impacted my mom and, and LDS women in general. They tend to be, like, self-sacrificing to the point of losing their identity mm-hmm. to raise children, you know, kind of perpetual depression. And I think, like, when I talk that way with other ex-Mormons, they, they get what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? because they all have moms who were the same yeah. or knew somebody whose mom was the same. Um, but I think when I talk like that to outsiders, 
it it just in the comments that I get back, I kind of have to backpedal and be like, well, okay, maybe I sounded a little too negative there. It wasn't like my dad didn't beat my mom and keep her in a cage. Right. Like, right, like right. if, if anything, my mom is a misogynist, not my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I kind of, so just kind of thinking there's a certain way I talk about the departure to, to insiders, to other ex-Mormons, because they kind of understand the picture I'm painting. Yeah, yeah. But then with outsiders, it's like, uh, think a little bit. If they're probing and asking these questions about your upbringing and how your family's like in the church, really, really, really try to evaluate your parents fairly. Because in a lot of ways, and Sister Stone mentioned this to both of us, like I have a positive relationship with my parents still. Yeah. Yeah. And and Mormonism isn't something that overrides them so much that they would destroy family relationships over it. And they're really, right. There's a lot of facets to their personality other than the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I that's something that I've kind of learned when people are poking, poking and prodding about that stuff. Yeah. Um, to kind of just maybe be a little bit more self-aware yeah. about how you're describing your family. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do that. That's something my friends ask me about too is, okay, did your family shun you? And I'm like, no, there are people who do get shunned, but my family's really great. Like my family, I'm still really close with my family, with my siblings and with my parents and my extended family isn't Mormon. So, you know, that's like easy for me They're You know, like I've said it before, if anything, they're happy that I'm out. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, but then you know, I still have a positive relationship with my parents and siblings and, um, and, and I know I'm fortunate for that. I don't know what, like what's average for people when they leave the church, but I know that I've got it, I've got it really good. Um, and, and most of my family's pretty nuanced about the teachings of the church. Like if, Mm -hmm. if the prophet came out tomorrow and said, yeah, the book of Mormon's not actually like at all true, uh, I think most of my family that's in would be like, yeah, I didn't really think so. You know, thanks right. for clearing that up. Right. They'd be pretty okay with, with that. Whereas I know like a lot of people would be like, oh, he's gone astray. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is maybe, <laughs> I don't know. You just pick and choose. Mormons pick and choose what they believe about the church. And I think ex-Mormons do too. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I think we pick and choose about what we believe about the church and what we believe about members uh, who choose to stay. Um, I think sometimes we can paint an inaccurate and unhelpful picture. Um, but yeah, maybe that's another peculiarity. What's other, what else is like weird about us? After leaving the church, I think it like it's getting confronted with that question. Like there's still some things that are going to be weird or different about you. Yeah. Let's say even, let's say you don't have self-restraint when it comes to alcohol. Yeah. Like I've heard it joked often, like from people in Utah, you can spot the ex-Mormons because they're the people in like their thirties and forties who are like drinking like they're in high school. Right. Yeah. Right. Like they are, they are drinking with reckless abandon. They are making stupid decisions all over the place. Like they're having a real rum springer. Yeah. And uh, so I, like it goes both it's like, man, why are you like a real party animal yeah. in your forties? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I can't deal with the hangovers anymore. Kind of, you know, you're uh, you're really a wild child now, and it's well, you know, 
uh, the Mormon corporation was control- right, right, <laughs> controlling right. my life. Right. Uh, yeah, that's true. That, that's true. I, I think we do tend to get carried away um, or just like not change at all. Like I said, I still haven't had anything because I'm just not used to it. Like I haven't lived my life with that expectation that I ever would drink. And so I just like it, you know, don't. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not rushing to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my aunt makes wine, so I'll, I'll probably try some of that first. But I think it smells disgusting. So it'll be a, mm-hmm. a sip and I don't expect I'll enjoy it. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, I will return and report. Uh, yeah, most people don't happens. like alcohol. Like, I don't think most people like alcohol the first few times they try it which is such a thing for me i'm like (laughs) why then like yeah especially so i'm a control freak too Mm -hmm. so like the idea of like people are like oh it's liquid courage and stuff i'm like i'm okay (laughs) i would rather have complete control not do anything daring uh i am an incredibly lame and boring person i think people Mm -hmm. people find as they get to know me isn't that right bishop I think you're exciting. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. But I think, like, I think drinking is largely a social thing. So just because of like COVID and stuff like that, it's, uh, you know, probably not a lot of social opportunities, especially trying no. to leave the church No. Um, yeah. during COVID. But I think like it just becomes a, so- and then it being the only sober person ends up being a little lame. I don't know. I've been the only sober person at parties before, okay. and I'm Still, kind of like, entertained without, by it. Without the uh, without the gift of the Holy Ghost to comfort you in your loneliness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that. No, because talking to drunk people and high people is like really yeah. fun for me. I yeah. like. I feel like this is what I do when I'm in a situation like that. I pretend I have a lab coat on and a clipboard, mm-hmm. yeah. and I like take mental notes on people's behavior. And mm-hmm. like how it compares to how they are normally. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a really, I don't know, it's a really interesting thing. Just just watch how people change over over the course of the night based on how mm-hmm. drunk or high they are. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't mind it. Like I like, you know, maybe I think that's, that's the, uh, my inner anthropologist. I just love right. like everything people do every time somebody does something stupid i'm like but why and i (laughs) i'm like fascinating (laughs) yeah why did they do that um yeah we we had to go to the uh word christmas party Mm -hmm. uh because my mother-in-law organized it she was put in charge of planning it so we had to go to show solidarity and we had to show up early so we show up early and i'm walking around the church with my kids who barely remember it Mm-hmm. And I tell them, I'm like, kids, you know, this place is haunted, don't you? And they're like, what? I'm like, there's a ghost that roams these hallways. They're like, oh, are you serious? And some of the hallway lights are off and stuff like that. So the yeah. church, you know, feels a little creepy for them. And I'm like, yes, the ghost that walks these halls, the holy ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and so the rest of the night, they were like terrified of seeing the Holy Spirit. That's so funny. Um, Let me try and then, f- find something. We did we did this uh, 
project at church Mm -hmm. growing up where uh we did like the blair witch project but the blair church project Mm -hmm. and uh i was like 12 in in this thing and we did this whole okay i think i think i found it okay yeah I, i found it okay i'll i'll preview it and make sure there's nothing that's gonna like get me doxxed or anything in it and then i'll i'll put it in the show notes for people to watch. okay <laughs> we did this as as kids for this activity for this halloween activity uh but yeah it was very 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 funny anyways we had to make we had to make a horror movie in youth as well yeah um this was before youtube though so i have no idea if it exists anymore okay. anywhere yeah um but ours was called like the choir director or something like that starring okay. me. Very and nice. So it was a, a choir director who got sick and tired of the poor participation and then killed all the people <laughs> really? in the word choir. Yeah. It's kind and of so awesome. It starts out with me trying to, to lead this choir and they're all singing like bad and off key. Yeah. Like on purpose, maybe not on purpose. And then I like snap my baton and say like, you guys need to practice and come back tomorrow and you better get it right. And then it was me, uh, shots of me like capturing and killing people. So I just remember there was one scene where they had like four or five people walking down the hallway past like a long stretch of classrooms. And then I was in a classroom and I'd grab somebody and pull them in. And then we'd, we'd cut the frame and then I'd move into the next room. Yeah. And then they'd walk and I'd grab another person until it was down to one person. And then the last scene was me carrying somebody over my shoulder, throwing them down on the dining room table, and then pulling out a bandsaw. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we played that in the church. Nice. Yeah, grade 12, baby. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I get grade 12. We actually, like when I was 12, like when I was 12, we did a haunted house for, uh, for um, Halloween. And, uh, like we, you'd walk into one room and there's a guy laying on like an operating table and one of the young men's leaders is wearing scrubs and he's like, there's fake blood everywhere. And he's like pulling, uh, links of sausages out of his, oh, yeah, what it yeah. looks like intestines yeah, and just all like really bloody, gory, creepy stuff. And then they built this like little platform that you'd have to walk over and somebody's hands would reach out from the sides and, and grab at your ankles and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And they got all this netting, like this, um, like golf course netting. Yeah. If you ever see like at the golf courses by the highway, mm-hmm. all that big black netting. So they'd make rooms with just weaving paths with this black stuff. And then they'd have youth dressed in black hiding behind the netting who were like reaching out behind the netting to try and grab you and oh, stuff yeah. like that. We rocking around. Like they, well, the words don't even have the budget to do something like that these days, but. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Like, like it was a pretty serious, scary haunted house that they yeah. would do like, yeah, every Halloween. Yeah. Back when I was younger, back when the church was fun. See, yeah, yeah. Is it less fun now? I think 100% it is less fun. I think it is yeah. less fun because it's they're they're focused on getting everybody home so that they can shut off the heating to the buildings and <laughs> and just sit on their fund. <laughs> like, also, anyway, like going to that. The other thing about going to that activity. So we stopped going in May 2019. So it was only less than a year passed and then it was COVID. Yeah. So there's lots of people there who don't know that we're not active. They just think you didn't really pay a lot of COVID. attention to us. Yeah. Before COVID. 
Right. And so then they just assume that we haven't been at church because of COVID. COVID. That's funny. <laughs> See, I, yeah, because I made a post on Facebook. Every, everybody, every, knows. everybody, everybody knows yeah. that I, I left. I got messages from so many random people that I've like never talked to. Who are yeah. Like, you left like, oh no, are you okay here? Here's the fair Mormon website. I think we're, we're going to do another episode where I talk about this conversation I had with somebody more recently. Um, right. but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's interesting when, when mm-hmm. people find out you, you left, especially when it's old news to you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but maybe that's another peculiarity we have is, um, we still talk about it. The church? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was messaging you about this yesterday. When you leave the church, we did an episode on breakups, but leaving the church is really like getting divorced with kids. Yeah. And that's going to be our next episode. So stay tuned. Follow, yeah. follow the podcast. We're, uh, we're hitting big numbers here, folks. Uh, we want to get some butts in seats here for these sacred sacrament meetings. Um, hey, that's what we should call the podcast. Sacred, sacred sacrament, sacrament meetings. Is it too late to change the name? <laughs> uh, A bunch of people are going to be very disappointed. Very disappointed. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this was, this was good and groovy. Thanks for presiding, Bishop. You really helped bring that Holy Ghost here to this January 2nd Halloween episode. This haunted house. Yeah, yeah. And I've got to give credit. That's John Larson described on Mormon Expression described the temple as a haunted house. <laughs> so really, yeah. I've got to give the veil give credit and stuff. To him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Ghost. Like the yeah the yeah. the Mormon expectate how much Mormonism is weaved into spiritualism, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because of how much Mormons literally believe that they can have a an angelic visitation or a visitation from deceased loved ones from behind the beyond the grave. Yeah. Like that's not regular Christian kind of stuff. No. Like that is a New England witchcraft kind of belief yeah. that has just been so interwoven into the narrative that we can't separate ourselves from yeah. it. So Well, uh, we better wrap it up now because we're approaching the time where the file's gonna split into two files and I really don't feel like having to, you know, merge okay. audio file, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a it's a thing. Logistics. Uh, but we say these things in the name of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Ooh.